welcome to the Hole in My Heart podcast. I'm here with the hosts of the podcast, Lori and Matt Krieg, and I'm producer Steve. Hi. And this is episode 22 already. Wow. Learn to fight well. Yes, learn to fight well. We are continuing the book by Francis and Lisa Chan. It is you and me forever. And I'm super excited because we have a guest today. Yeah. Not only is it Matt and I and producer Steve, it is my friend Joey Ben Holstein. And we, uh, I invited her here uh, for several reasons. But first, I'm going to let you say hi. So, hello. Hello. <laughs> Thank you for letting me come. Yeah, we're so glad that you're here. I was having a little throwback moment. So, we re caught up on Facebook. Not all of it is 100% evil. Uh, you can actually have like deep conversations, like deep conversation light, I will say. Mm-hmm. Um, so we we started talking. I posted something about this book and we went back and forth. And I just loved your thoughts because um, I was asking specifically for thoughts from single people. But you just jumped right in. So we will get into that more later. Um, but I was having a little throwback about when we last saw each other, which was probably like a decade ago, right? Yeah. Like we graduated in 2004. And from I high think- school. I think that I saw you right before you did your year abroad somewhere oh, in yeah. college. Yeah, I studied abroad at Oxford. Uh, man, wow, that was a low point. Let's just go straight to the heart of the matter and be sad. Uh, no, but we'll go back to the fun part. When we were on a hip-hop team together um, at our church. What? Yes. <laughs> There's at supposed our, to be a few other what's there. At our very what, what, white what? suburban church. Yeah. Yeah, wow. I thought I was so cool. It was to a Mary Mary song. <laughs> And um, we should probably see if I think I know some of the moves still. So as long as there's no video footage, because that can stay buried like that's OK. Lift the shackles off my feet. So that was the one. I remember at one point we were able to put a, a, a video into the show notes when we did the uh, dad jokes. Yeah, competition. I think so, it broke. Hmm. I think video on the Internet broke. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and right. I, I don't think any video of this particular song performance it doesn't exists. exist. Oh, okay. No, never. And that's OK. It can live on in our hearts. <laughs> Unless we do it in studio, which would be kind of hilarious. Oh, man. Anywho, all right, let's um, go to the question of the week from last week, which is, we'll get a little serious, and then we'll get a little funny, and we'll get a little serious again. But how did you see Jesus, either romance, you were talking about how we are, you know, married to Jesus, which you can kind of joke about that. I'm dating Jesus, but like in real life, how that's crazy amazing. Um, but how did you see him either romance you this week uh, or just like, just show up. You know when you're like, whoa, Jesus. But maybe a little bit more rever- reverently. <laughs> maybe say a little more like, whoa, God. <laughs> yeah, I think um, one of the one of the ways that I saw Jesus this week, I mean, was out of the reading, which we will get to later. But one of the things that was said was just really taking the time to almost visualize Jesus in the room. Yeah. Um, to, to not just treat him like the, you know, up there in the sky, God looking down on you, but really like in the room. And, and so there was, there was one time in particular this week that I was sitting with a client and, and just almost tangibly felt like he was present there, Mm -hmm. um, through, through the story that my client was sharing. It was just this incredible moment where we were both like really just breaking down, kind of weeping together because of what God was doing. And so it was it was just really cool to be a part of. Love that. Um, I have been experiencing a good bit of anxiety uh, in parenting mm-hmm. um, with, with my kids, and I won't get into details there, but um, I just had an opportunity this week to see their hearts. Mm-hmm. And I've been mm-hmm. focusing a lot on 
uh, like externals, you know, struggles at school and this and that. And uh, I had forgotten that I had like purposefully cast those cares on Jesus. Right. And then this week he reminded me by just really kind of opening my eyes to something pretty cool about uh, my two youngest son's hearts. And it was very much like, oh, that was the Lord. He just allowed me to see that, you know, yeah. it was a, it was a cool moment. So, yeah. yeah. Very cool. Wow. Joey, how about you? I think that I have just seen Jesus romance me. Last weekend, I got invited um, to a friend's cabin up at Boyne Mountain, and I'd never been there before. Mm-hmm. And like and one of th- up north Michigan. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like near Sh- Charlevoix, maybe I'm not sure. Somewhere up north, I just rode in the car and like was just transported to this beautiful mountain, mm-hmm. and it was gorgeous. And you know, for single people, like I'll get to this, but like we experience family when like someone invites us in. So yes. to like be invited into like these friends and to hang out with their six year old son, mm-hmm. I don't know. Like I just and I love winter and to walk out in the snow. Like I just felt like treasured and pursued and loved. Mm-hmm. Love that. Just made me think of a quote about how it said, if you want to build the kingdom, uh, don't start a ministry, build a family. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. that yeah. has stuck with me even as a ministry leader. Just like I was like, nope, I don't want to just make this an organization. I want this to be a family. So that's giving me more ideas. So thank you, Joey. Mm-hmm. Um, a way I saw Jesus romance me was I am trying to learn how to like ask for help. Um, like not just like, will you pray for me? So this week, um, I was watching like three extra kids all weekend, which I'm really grateful to do, but there's like five. So in our house and I'm not, you know, I'm one of 12, but I didn't raise 12. (laughs) I have just two and they're enough on my own. Um, so it was five and it got to a point on a Monday or Tuesday night, Matt has his super long days of counseling. And I was just about to text someone, but can you pray for me? Cause, and I was like, uh, uh, called my little sister who lives down the road. And I was like, Ange, I could ask you to pray, but can you just come over and help clean Hmm. or watch a kid? I was like, you can say no, I will be sad, but I don't, I will will not hold it over you. I'm just asking the question. And she just like, let me think about it. And then she and her husband came over for like 30 minutes and watched kids. And I just like went to town and I was super blessed by that. Um, But there's like a couple times this week where things like that happen where I was like, I'm going to be vulnerable and ask for tangible help because I really need it. Not just prayer. I do need that too, but actual help. Um, But it's hard, you know, to let people into your messiness, like your actual like mess, like Mm -hmm. disgusting house (laughs) and be like, yeah, please come help. Um, And they do. So I was really, that showed me Jesus. Um, So let's take a trip to Goofball Island and I haven't thought of a vehicle (laughs) what well i was gonna say unicycle but then i was like that isn't any kind of special sound who can hear a unicycle what about the wheel of fortune (laughs) (laughs) what about the unicycle horn yes yes okay so guys we before we go to this to the goofball island where we take a vacation from our problems what sort of vehicle do we want to take are we taking the wheel of fortune or are we taking a unicycle i kind of like the wheel of fortune okay so we're just kind of like grabbing the edges (laughs) and like wheeling upside down like we could just get it off of its axle and just like roll it all the way to the island sorry bob or whoever else is running it okay here we go okay and our two is it Double. This is a two for question of the week. What reality show or game show, speaking of that Wheel of Fortune, would you unquestionably win? 
And so like when you watch it and you're like, I mean, I'm pretty sure I could have won that one. And then the second one is which one would you unquestionably lose? So I'm going to start because I don't want Matt to take it. Uh, so when we've watched The Amazing Race, like we're both pretty like athletic people and Matt's really, really smart. And I'm like word smart, but he's like actual smart, like ACT, SAT smart. Mm. And so when I watch it, what I was like. What really matters in life. Yeah, let's face it. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, I have like the <laughs> That has come up so many times. Ooh. <laughs> what? <laughs> Tell me. Ooh, your ACT scores. <laughs> wow. I never even took my ACT or no. SAT and I graduated from college. See? So that's just a fun fact. Yeah, you don't need that. See, Matt. So then that means I'm not actual smart. I'm just ACT smart. Uh, whatever. Not as valuable as you thought. Yeah. <laughs> Don't overvalue me. <laughs> Darn it. So anyway, I would like to have you as a partner on The Amazing Race because I think that we could win it. Which one I think I would unquestionably lose is Chopped or any food show ever mm. because I like watch them in their like chopped thing and you and you see them they're like oh yeah I have a duck and an eyeball and a Starbucks <laughs> cup I'm gonna make a souffle and I'm just I think I would sit down and just start crying and be like <laughs> I, I made eggs yeah <laughs> and with covered in tears. <laughs> You've never had eyeball duck souffle before, have you? <laughs> I bet that's a thing. It, it probably. probably. Could be. Yes, it um, is now. So I'm, I'm a little sad that you took my my amazing race. That's why I went because, first. And that is why you went first. But I, I honestly think if we were to throw back, you know, a few years now, I, I could probably do okay in Jeopardy. Yeah. You, you know, could. I'm not I'm not as current on like the, the current event stuff, but if it was like a you know, a kind of semi older, like a, a '90s, 2000s Jeopardy. <laughs> I could, I could definitely throw down the on category, that. Category: Backstreet Boys. <laughs> the category: <laughs> Pogs. <laughs> there you go. Gigapets. <laughs> Don't mess with my slammer. Anyway, <laughs> Yo-Yo Tricks 101. <laughs> I think you would. You would just... I would do. I would do well right there. The one that I would unquestionably lose would would probably also be a cooking one. Um, just. I, I don't think I have the the patience to to really do it justice, and I would get a little frazzled. I think you could do it because we, usually at home we kind of play survival of whatever is in our house. Mm. We we seriously play games where we're like, how long can we go without buying groceries? Yeah, and it's kind of fun. So it's like constantly chopped. But me again, I'm like eggs covered in tears. <laughs> <laughs> but Matt's like. Look, Lori, I worked all day. The kids are doing great. I made a pizza. Okay, but those those aren't timed. You know, if, if I've true. got a time oh, limit, right. I'm going to be like the one that's like chopping my finger off. <laughs> yeah, they always have a bloody finger. In American cooking shows, they yell at you. Like the Great British Bake Off, like everyone's really <gasps> oh, nice. Like, so polite. Like, Bake Off one. Yes. Yeah. So it's like a summertime they, vacation. Yes. American ones, like, I, yeah, they yell. Yeah. Very rude. That's a lot of pressure. Yeah. Gordon Ramsay would be all up in my face. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> be all up with, uh. in your blank, blank, blank face. <laughs> Probably. Probably. Anybody else? Okay. So, uh, my wife would say, and I don't agree, uh, she, we watch Survivor. Oh, and okay. she's uh-huh. always like, I think you could do really well at this because of the social game. Because everybody <laughs> talks about, oh, you got to have a good social game. And she's like, you get along with everybody. You're not easily offended. Yeah. Uh, she's like, I and can you can go without eating. Like, you're just yeah. okay. Like, go without eating and you'll eat weird things, you know. And But then there's the physical part. Like, yeah. there's no way that I could, like, you know, balance on a three-inch yeah. stump, you in know, eight feet in the air. Right, uh-huh. right. Uh, for 18 hours 
hours. Like I, like none of that. I'm not going to win any tug of war or any physical yeah. part. So I think but that's the social where, game. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I'll never gonna, I'll never win immunity, but it's okay because nobody's going to want to vote me off because my <laughs> you'll social be the, game. You'll be the non-threatening guy that right. everyone's exactly. just like, oh, I love having him around. Exactly. Right, right. So, uh, so that's what she would say. Uh-huh. Like, I feel like maybe... What was that? Wasn't there some obscure, like on some cable channel, like Jeff Foxworthy hosted the Bible trivia show? Yeah, there you for go. like five minutes. Oh, I didn't even right. know that yeah. existed. Yeah. Uh-huh. Or are you smarter than a fifth grader? Yeah, not, I'm like a picturing little kid. Because I'm not. <laughs> You're yeah. not but smarter. the one that was like Bible trivia uh-huh. because of Christian school all my life, like oh, I would yeah. totally be able to just, you mm-hmm. know, answer every one of those things. That would be great. The one that would definitely kill me is The Price is Right. Because, yes, I I don't know prices of anything. I I couldn't (laughs) tell. Like, I have no concept of what anything costs. Yeah. And, like... When I used to watch that as a kid, you know, at home sick, uh, you know. Yeah, of course. There would be, like, this... Hair, home hair coloring uh, kit, right? You know, by L'Oreal or whatever. Yeah, I would be like, I, you know, hundred bucks, three seventy five. Yeah, no, yeah. and it was like more like you know fifty, and I'm like, what? Yeah, yeah. For a box of hair color, but yeah. anyway, I digress. I remember staying home from school. It went Mr. Rogers, yeah, uh, Reading Rainbow, and then if my mom was still not like in the room, yeah. we'd sneak prices right. But right. we get in trouble for that one. <laughs> I remember the sign on your TV. Like, there's no children. Like, children, today is a no TV day. On our TV? Yeah, like at in your basement. Oh. Like, you had this, like, paper, like, Microsoft yeah. Word printout about how today wasn't a TV day. That was pretty much every day. And it was probably <laughs> on one of those dot grid printers. It was, like... Yes. The, the crazy fax machine sound with the, yeah. the little perforated tear-off sheets that you would have to do. Yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah. I just remember like you put it there as like an example of what your mom does, and then one of your siblings walked in the room and it's like, wait, today's a no TV day? They were like really concerned. Oh, yeah. False alarm. Many days. That's why I'm so smart. Yep. Anyway, Joey? Yeah, well, the Bible trivia, I didn't know about this game, and I am I think it might do well, but I, I've never seen it. I don't really watch reality TV I like to escape, so like I'm more of like a comedy if I watch TV. Um, but I think that I, I, I've always been intrigued. I've never seen the show, so if it's inappropriate um, and Christians shouldn't watch it, don't judge me. Uh, we but, talk about Stranger Things uh, yeah. and other stuff. So yeah. oh yeah, yeah. It's a safe reality place. TV. Okay, safe you're place. safe here. Um, the married at first sight, like as a single oh, person, yeah. I was like, wait, you mean like a team of people would look at what like, and then I wouldn't have to date. And like I could judge, like dating is the risking your heart part. It's the awful, like that's that like continually putting your heart out there. And like, I've always said I have no interest in dating, but being married would be okay. So I've always kind of been intrigued by the married at first sight. Like Ah. if it was like my pastor on the team, you know, like if I could guarantee that he was like a godly man. Yeah. So that one. Hmm. And the one that I went unquestionably fail is fear factor because spiders are Mm -hmm. like... I just, yeah, no thoughts. Like all I can see is fear yeah. and mm-hmm. and all I can think is run. And I've definitely almost killed myself in the car, yeah. like trying to get out of my car, going spiders. 70 miles an hour. Yeah. And it's probably something I should go to counseling for. Like it's, yeah. it's real. Because of a spider? Really? <laughs> like I just, PTSD. I see spider oh. and think death. Huh. Mm, I think wow. it's probably because of Harry Potter. 
Oh, that's a uh, giant spider. That yeah. was when that book came out. I was definitely reading mm. it at midnight, and that's, I. That's not just a spider. That's an acromantula. Y- yeah, I know, the but Jeopardy. Wow, the, this, yeah. the title is Harry Potter. Spider. Yeah, I just Ron Weasley I was just and I. I say can, the name. You I stole it from me. Sorry, Aragog. Okay, see, I got the buzzer quick. Sorry. Um, how old were you when you read uh, whichever book that is? That's the second one, isn't it? Yeah. Third, second? Chamber of Secrets. That's yeah, I mean, I was only a couple years older than Harry, and they pretty much yeah. came out. Uh-huh. Right. So I, I'm trying to think. That would have been, like, 98 was the first book, mm-hmm. so I don't know. Somewhere in middle school. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I remember my mom taking us Formative to Meyer at, like, yeah. 12.01 to buy the books. Wow. Whoa. We yeah. had to sneak them at our house. <laughs> you got taken to Meyer. Meyer is a local, is a Walmart. I think we've talked about Meyer. We love Meyer. Yes. You're from the Midwest. You love Meyer. Except it's getting usurped by Aldi. Oh. Aldi. All day. I, I w- yeah. <laughs> People are starting to love Aldi more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel it. Okay, so this, Matt, you had you have something on your well, face you I'm, need to say. Did you ever see the movie Arachnophobia? No, but that, like, literally just the name. My heart is racing. Okay. Like, okay. No, nope. You probably shouldn't watch nope. it. Right. But uh, <laughs> nope. that, that would have been probably, if there was a spider movie that would have gotten me, that would have been it. Because that was, like, right in the early 90s, prime age for instilling fear in you. Yeah, I snuck and saw Lake Placid when I was, like, in middle school. And oh. I still have to convince myself that there's not a crocodile almost every single time I enter a lake. So yep. I just have an overactive imagination. That's awesome. <laughs> Healthy fear. <laughs> Not really, but. <laughs> All right, we're going to take that Wheel of Fortune back to reality. Whoops, there goes gravity. <laughs> I don't know why I'm stuck in early 2000s. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Okay, we're going to the heart of the matter, and we're talking about um, You and Me Forever. Again, this is the chance book. We're going through all seven chapters, and this one is uh, about how to f- learn how to fight well. And so um, the overall book, I'm just going to refocus us. It says it's about marriage, pretty much just about God and how we can serve God in marriage. And last week, why I invited Joey here is we I, I put out some questions to y'all, specifically to you people who are not married, who are single. And I was like, what do you think about this whole like uh, marriage is a way to be um, refined and, and, and how the gospel can show itself off in, in our marriages? And so I was like, okay, but what about single people? How do we interact better? And this is this is like an overarching question I'm asking at HIMH at our ministry and being like, how can we as married people interact well with single people? Because we can't hold this like, hey, here's the standard of holiness. And then, but sorry, all you jokers have to be missing out. That's that's the image I get Mm -hmm. is that that is what we can portray. And I'm like, that's not right. So how can we portray this correctly? So we were interacting on the Facebook and you were uh, saying how the gospel, essentially, how it's good news for you every day as it is for everyone. So I guess I'd just love to start out with you, Joey, just your thoughts. I know you've read this book and you've read other marriage books. So how does this one compare to other ones you've read? Um, like I said, when we were talking on Facebook, this is the only marriage book that I've read. And I'm an avid reader. Um, I also read parenting books. Um, hmm. I just like read and my sister doesn't read and so I tell her what parenting books that are actually worth reading um and this is the only book that I've ever read about marriage where I actually was like I want to be married like if that's what marriage is that's what I want and what is it that he 
and she portray that that is what marriage is. Because it, the marriage that he talks about in this book, like draws you closer to Christ. Mm-hmm. And I remember the first time I read this book, I remember thinking about if I knew anybody that I could say from the outside, I actually think they are closer to Jesus now as a married person than before. I think he talks about it in, in this book, like you just have, when you get married in the church, you get to take a year off from ministry and focus on each other. Just mm. everyone that I know that got that gets married, it seems to take a step back from ministry, to take huh. a step mm-hmm. back from that. And I've never been interested in that kind of marriage. Or I really relate to you as I listen to the podcast. I hate stereotypes. I don't fall into a lot of the women's stereotypes. So the other books are just all focused on like submission. And I'm like, okay, if submission is having supper on your like the table when your husband gets home and like listening to him when he says, I'm never adopting kids and you feel called to that. Like I I see my friends go through these things with with their spouses. And I'm like, I don't, I don't want that. Yeah. Where like Francis presented this whole other picture of people actually getting closer to Christ, like closer to the mission. Okay. So I want to back up a second. And why are you reading all these marriage books and parenting books? I like to read. I'm an avid reader. Like my goal for this year is to read a hundred books. Last year I didn't make it. Um, But But what's in your head? You're like, I want to read a marriage book. Like what's the question in your head that you want to answer with the book? I also like it's strange for me to talk about because I am deeply content in my singleness. Yeah. But I also still have a deep longing to get married someday. Hmm. And I guess that I have looked at, you know, okay, the past 31 years, if I do get married, this is preparation for it. And I'm someone who likes to research. I like to know what I'm getting into. I remember reading like four men or or four women only. But then I was like, I'm going to read four men only to see if they were right. Because (laughs) I want to know if that, like, that's just like how my brain works. Uh Um, And so I remember when I read Francis's book, the first time I was actually in a relationship, we were talking about marriage. And I was like, okay, I want to read this. Because if we get married... I want to know, I want to know some of the, I want to avoid the pitfalls that I see all my friends falling into. Yeah. So you mentioned some of the pitfalls, which is namely we step back from ministry. So yeah. if it's supposed to be like the gospel working itself out in our marriages and then we interact with the church, like we bring that to the church. Um, it, it seems like you're saying what, when you look at married couples, it doesn't seem to at least initially, to really promote kingdom building. Is that accurate? Yeah, and I don't want to be too like judgmental because this is all from the outside. Um, I know, like I have seen, like my sister and her husband have been married for 10 years. And right now, observing them, I think they're totally drawing them, like each other closer to Christ. And I, I think that's awesome. They've invited me in to see that. But I'm talking about my friends who are newlyweds. I, I couldn't think of anyone off the top of my head that I could say, yeah, man, like they were on fire for Christ. They were running and now they're running together and they're going even further. Ugh, hits you right in the conviction, doesn't it? It's like, you're right, because we can get, then all of a sudden we get caught up in the house and the kids. And I don't, what are you guys thinking about well, that? I think it is mostly correct because, especially when you have this honeymoon phase, like of, literal of, of marriage. Well, I mean, yeah, so you have the, the real honeymoon, and then you have like the, the, I am still getting to know this person on an everyday level. Like we used to date and, Everything was all put together and you'd have some fights or whatever. But, you know, then all of a sudden you're you're thrust into this like close to 24-7 relationship. And it's like, whoa, what did I get myself into? 
and you start learning all these new things and you're having to figure out, okay, how does, how do our lives fit together? Like, it's not just taking, you know, a square peg and putting it in a round hole or in a square hole. It's like taking a silly putty and putting it on top of the Eiffel Tower. I don't even know an analogy to use because it's like you have two vastly different people, even though they seem the same on the outside at the, at the onset. And, you know, and so it's like you almost hunker down and go into this like focused on how do we just do life together? And then after that kind of settles down a little bit, then you can say, start to say like, okay, what's our mission? Mm-hmm. And, and that you is can. also that, that I yeah. think that's the natural tendency because we're taught, oh, marriage is supposed to make you happy, which is exactly what Francis Chan is saying. No, it's not. In fact, it's going to be hard, you know, but we don't often go into marriage thinking, okay, this is someone I have been called into mission with. It's something we, yep. we think this is someone I have been called to enjoy relationship with. And, mm. and that is takes a long time to kind of undo that that thought, I think. And I would say, especially if you're not intentional, mm-hmm. you know? So if you take a couple steps back so that you can kind of focus on getting to know, you know, our, our new normal now here, that we're married, yeah, intentional about that, but then also not just get addicted to just us land, you know, and that kind of like honeymoon and just then I feel like it just becomes so natural to just forget about the Mm -hmm. rest of the world. Mm -hmm. So if you are then, okay, we're going to be intentional now about integrating as this united, you know, couple back into uh, ministry and into just, uh, you know, wherever the Holy Spirit leads us. Mm Well, and then you, I'm I'm looking forward to chapter seven when we talk about the addition of kids because then you get you you turn into kind of crazy like you just you, your kid comes out and you're like I'm got to protect this person from anything bad ever mm-hmm. and so the insularity I don't know if that's even a word but in marriage gets like super in in focus because you're like I got to protect which is actually fear based and yep. so I'm really looking forward to chapter seven because he challenged me and I think about this a lot like how are we as a family pursuing the kingdom I'm gonna read this um, just note from my friend my new friend Faith Lau hey up in Canada um, when she talked about the Canadian drivers, thank you for sharing some of that with me. She's like, we're not all nice. We're not all great drivers, believe me, which was hilarious. Um, but she said this, she said, my single life is for the purpose of the kingdom just as much as and my married brothers and sisters. How I use my, quote, freedom as a single person carries the same burden of displaying Jesus as marriage does. And then she goes on to talk about, she's like, I've been really convicted actually about food because people are like, oh my word, isn't it so great how you have, you know, you have this money. It's like so much cheaper and easier to just eat by yourself. And she's like, am I not called to serve and give to the poor too? So even how I'm stewarding my food, my my money, I need to be doing it the same way as, as married people are. And so in that way, like if you stop looking in just like relationship status categories, but mm-hmm. instead like money, uh, food, like all of these, these universal categories that we have to deal with, and then we focus it on this kingdom building, then it becomes communally missional. Does that resonate? Yeah. 
So does that mean everyone's relationship status should be it's complicated? <laughs> yes. <laughs> We're working on our one our oneness as a church. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I can that. I can go home and change my status and I yeah. will have lots of phone calls for yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry about it. I'm in, part of the church. Okay, so specifically about this chapter, chapter three, learning to fight well, which again, the whole book is like marriage book, JK, about Jesus. Um, but learning to fight well. It wasn't even really about learning to fight well. Like it wasn't like you mentioned, Joey, like, here's our, our status. Here's how we can, you know, submit and lead and all that. It was like, here's Jesus. How are you going to fit into that? The first thing I highlighted was where they were talking about like the argument yep. and one upping and who's got, you know, and they said the one who wins the argument is usually the one who acts less mm-hmm. like Christ. Yep. Yeah. Wow. That I thought about that for hours, and then I posted it because I was like, "I because I've been putting it up against real life. I don't yeah. know if you've been thinking the same. Like, well, is that true? I mean, I saw that, and I was like, "Oh, I must tell my wife this because she usually wins the argument." <gasps> I'm kidding. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> that goes back yeah. to the humility. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she usually I'm wins. I'm totally kidding. I will not win Survivor. Well, I think the Lord helps her win the arguments because she's totally like yeah. He's speaking through her. Yeah. At me. Yeah. So that, you know, yeah. I should qualify that. I know. But when you look at the world, like, have you noticed that? Because I'll just watch people. Like, if you look at, again, the, the mm-hmm. ugly part of Facebook, when people get in these fights and it's like, ha, I win. Like, is that, that, ha, that's, I'm, can you picture Jesus doing that ever? The answer is no. Well, no, like, listen, oh. the truth is you may win, but yeah. I'm not drawn to you. That's it. You know, like yeah. I, I, I don't want to be, you know, spend more time with you and say, yeah, tell me more, you know? And I yeah. feel like Jesus in his humility, people were drawn to him mm-hmm. because yes. he wasn't about power in yep. that sense. Mm-hmm. Yep. Hmm. And that's the biggest crux of fighting well. And that was like so much of the entire chapter. And so before that piece, the like, you know, the one who wins the argument is the one who looks less like Christ. He's like, if two people make it their goal to imitate the humility of Christ, everything else will take care of itself. It really is that simple. Arguments escalate when we want to be right more than we want to be Christ. Mm-hmm. And I've I've had since reading that just like bit my tongue hopefully more times than not in conversations with you or with other people. And I'm, I've just been like, why, why it's just, this is all about me. This is not about like, cause you just said mm-hmm. people aren't drawn to you and it's, they're not drawn to Jesus in right. you. They're just, they're like, that's, and they might want to anyway. Cause if you think about like mean girls, we're talking about mean girls, people might be drawn to a mean person who wins arguments, but they're not drawn to Jesus. Well, as long as that person shares their viewpoint. Right. Yeah. That's very true. Yeah. Which is not promoting oneness, right. which is not promoting unity, which we see this everywhere, like at a level 10. Everyone is at a 10 screaming their opinion. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Well, and there's the there's this paragraph that, that he says where he's talking about baptism as a picture of like the, the Christian death and resurrection, you know, brought up from the grave with new life. And he, just the sentence he said, your problem could be that you're not really dead. You have never truly died to yourself. Picture your body hanging lifelessly on a cross. Do we ever do that? And and honestly, the answer before having read that sentence for me was no. Like as much as I would try and die to self and, you know, coax myself into to being more selfless and everything, like there there was this sense that my my identity, my old nature, my my sinful fleshly desires were never truly put to death. And that's something that let's face it, we have to do every day. Yeah. And especially when it's all of a sudden 
in, we're in an argument or when I'm like, I, I am smart, I am wanting to be right and I could probably do it, yep. you know, but it's, it's not, it's not necessarily going to, I mean, you say that Jesus never won, you know, well, he actually probably won every argument he ever had, but the other, per, he never convinced, well, he didn't often convince the other person of that. Because his goal wasn't necessarily to convince. Yeah, and I guess how he person. he won would be like asking a question, and it, it just was like game set match. And he's just like, well, or he was so heart. eternal, like so big mm-hmm. picture, and that's what Francis like always mm-hmm. brings it back to. Like, yeah. is it about this? Is it yeah. about whatever you're fighting about? Yeah. Um, and and what he's talking about the dying to self that's for everyone, mm-hmm. regardless oh, of what absolutely. your marital status is. Yeah. And, Can I specifically ask a question on that? Because I had a great conversation with a friend this week about death to self, life and growth, like the whole premise of the gospel, which is I'm more sinful than I believe, I'm more loved than I can imagine. But that whole death to self, if you have gone through trauma, it's hard to hear that sometimes because it Mm -hmm. sounds like just shut your mouth and take it. Be a doormat. Be a doormat. Mm -hmm. And so specifically in marriage, like how many, it's at least a quarter of women. Think about all the Me Too campaign and how many women and men, we cannot forget men who have gone through this. Um, And so how, how, like it can almost replicate trauma to even say uh, death to self, life and Christ. Mm -hmm. Like it basically is like deny yourself and take up your cross and follow me. And so I've, I've had been in several conversations like that. So how can we, how can we reframe the conversation or how can we say that in a way, um, that is still true, but isn't trauma E or what's the difference? Well, there was an article and I wish I, I knew the, the name of it, but it was the gist of it was, especially when dealing with like abusive marriages like how we have tended to protect the institution of marriage over the individual who is being Mm. abused. Um, And one of the things, and and I think in Lisa's section of this chapter, it it talked about like, this does not mean like when, cause she's talking about submission and it's, this does not mean you submit to your husband who is abusive, who is, you know, leading you down a path that is not godly. And I think the, the thing with, that you see is that when we are Christ-like, we our identity is in Christ, but that that simultaneously gives us a higher standing than we would on ourselves because we are we have His righteousness, and and that means we we should be treating one another as though we all have that right. Like if we are having a conversation with Christ, almost, and so you don't you don't have to demand your own way. But you also don't just like put yourself down. Uh, it's almost like the turn the other cheek passage, how there's a little bit of a, you know, I don't want to say tongue in cheek. Like it, it's almost like a countercultural, like uh, peaceful opposition type of thing where if someone slaps you, that's saying you are beneath me. But if you're like turning your other cheek to them, you're saying, yeah, I don't actually accept that. But go ahead and slap me again. Hmm. Like, because I know where my identity is. I know where my, my purpose and value is, and it's not what you think of me. Hmm. I, I have been working on processing some trauma lately, and I know the counselor that I've been working with, the main goal of hers is to help me to just be like, Lori, you choose. You as a whole person get to choose. And so even when Lisa is talking about submission, and I that's a trigger word for many mm-hmm. women. Like, mm-hmm. Joey, you mentioned that, because it just sounds like, put your head down. No, you don't lean in. No, you don't do all these things, you know? And, and so 
that I could hear Lisa in the chapter wrestling with that tension because she's like, the world is trying to lib quote liberate women and say, you have all the power. And so there is an element of that that is good, like coming out and saying, yes, this is not okay. And but is there a way that we can a say that with respect to our brothers as women, like genuine, like I love you. And I do want to be one with you, men and women in this church thing. Um, But then specifically in marriage, and again, Francis wrestles with like, okay, do you take this literally that the man is the head of the house and the woman is following him? So that would be a whole other ballgame. I see in me, pretty feminist me, I know that just in take the Bible out of it, you can't have two leaders in a house. It, you can't have two leaders in an organization. Matt and I tried both. <laughs> and our organizational marriage broke up. And then our marriage marriage, I'm working on it. I am a very strong woman. Matt, you told me today I could be scary. And so that's okay. It's true. Or strong and bristly. Porcupine. 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 <laughs> you called me a porcupine, which I couldn't be. So I am learning, Lori, like, let the Lord protect you. I am someone who's been traumatized. Can God be my protector? Can I see my whole self with an identity that is totally beloved? And can I say in um, respect to Matt and be like, Matt, I'm, I'm choosing to say yes to this. Mm-hmm. And not even like, I'm choosing to say yes to this, but I think it's stupid. Um, but, but can I... As, as a whole human, say, I am choosing this mm. with respect to Matt. And that, to me, doesn't feel like I'm inferior. Neither do you. And I'd love to hear y'all men's thoughts. Because Francis like went on and on about men's roles, which was really great. Mm-hmm. But the, when I think about, okay, that's my role, then your role is to make me see Jesus. That's, I guess, I don't know. I guess it's kind of your role, Steve, as a brother yep. in Christ. But your role, um, that seems equally hard. I, I wish Kelly was here because she is a very strong woman and uh, she has great leadership qualities just in her personality. Totally you know, and I, I and I know that the kind of like headship submission thing seems to be a lot of times an outward thing. Mm. Uh, and so if you have a more, you know, submissive personality as a woman, then it's going to seem easier at least to kind of like act it out outwardly. And if you have got more of a type A personality as a man, then you can kind of, you know, but I I think that what Jesus is getting at is, men, you're going to have a tendency to kind of be passive and you need to move toward where you need me, where you are dependent wow. on me to live this out. Mm-hmm. And, and women, you're going to have something in you that will have a tendency to want to kind of like take the wheel, totally. you know, and what, however that looks like, however that manifests itself outwardly and to trust me and to, to really lean into me, this is, that's, I'm going to be required for you to really live this out. Does that make sense? Yes. That's mm-hmm. so good. So we're both in a place of need right. of Christ for Christ yeah, in order to make it work, which he would do that. Yeah. <laughs> Well, well, and you're you're even touching on, and I think it's Larry Crabb, Dr. Larry Crabb, yeah. who wrote the book The Silence of Adam, right? Talking about kind of the the male tendency to to become passive, to step back, yeah. Other than when it comes to our own selfish desires, right. but when it comes to like relational leading, like we're we're much like quicker to just be like, and eh, whatever, it doesn't matter, yeah. As long as it doesn't affect us personally, and yeah, like it. it 
it is hard. And as someone who is married to a very strong, strong woman who can who's be working on her, porcupine who's, quills. who's working <laughs> on, on putting some conditioner in those bristles, like <laughs> making them softer. You know, I, I also am working on having to, to speak up and, and to share like my own emotional thoughts on things. Because for me, it's, it's so easy to just isolate and go into my own little shell, my own little world and, and really feel kind of content there. Mm. In reality, I'm not because I'm lonely, but mm. you know, if I don't kind of step forward, then I'm just going to remain there. And if, if Lori keeps poking me, that's going to make me want to go there. And so, but you know, it's real life. It, it is real life. <laughs> yeah. When Francis said the thing about it was, he was quoting, uh, the Psalm, you know, mm-hmm. David, um, and how he didn't approach life or, you know, his spouse from a place of need because he had all he I needed. He that. overflowed. Yeah. What he, he got what he needed from mm-hmm. the Lord. Yeah. And he said, oh, my cup is running over. Psalm so now 20. I've got, right. Now I've got this overflow that I can offer to those around me. Like that really stabbed me right in the heart, you know, yes. like because I'm, Same. I'm drawn to that. I want to relate to that. And yet I don't feel like I do, you know, often I, I'm, when he said he doesn't approach his wife with need, I was like, ouch. I So true story. I, re, I read the book and then I listened to it and then I listened to it again. And by about the third time, I'm like, I think I maybe start to understand a bit of what he's saying, kind of. Mm. <laughs> because it seems like when he speaks, I'm like, this is, this it sound, he says, this is an upper level AP Christianity. Mm. It mm. sounds like it because I don't live that out. Right. I don't go with need. Mm-hmm. I, I just feel like I'm always just like, I'm just this little empty cup who can fill me up. And I'm like. Get it, Lore. Okay, any other thoughts from the chapter before we get to Francis and Lisa's questions? We'll look at a couple of them, um, which were really good and hard. Yeah, I think the only thing that I'll add is the part that stuck out to me that was the most convicting for me was the story that he shared about his friend who had been cheated on by her husband. And then um, she like made the statement like, I don't love my husband anymore, mm-hmm. but I love Jesus and I'm willing to, I'm paraphrasing, but like trust him in this. And I think that that is what you guys are talking about. And I think that's what I've learned in my own relationship with Christ. I do have trauma in my past and I do have to submit to Christ just like everybody else does. And I think I've learned that like God, God is like trustworthy. And for me that tr- I'm an Enneagram eight control is my like I'm a strong woman. I, I love control. It's very hard for me to release that, but to go like, God, I can trust you with this. Like, I don't understand mm-hmm. my singleness sometimes. I don't understand the situation that you've put me in, but I love you and I'm willing to like submit to that and serve you in this. And I just, I was just, I'm like, this is so beautiful. Her statement. And that was the third thing I wrote down that I didn't want to talk about because it was way too personal. But I'll write, I'll say the quote. It was Lisa's friend, Risha, and she, her husband had cheated on her a bunch of times. And she said, she's trying to make it right. She said, my heart doesn't feel anything for him, but I do love God and I will do whatever it takes to do what it takes to serve him. Sorry, I probably misquoted because that was the third time I was listening. But is that okay? Is that okay to do this marriage for God instead of for him? And that like almost completely quoted me on my last blog post where I was like, God, this is so hard, but you are first Mm. and I am choosing this marriage because I choose you. And so it sounds like Joey, and I'm so, so grateful for your presence here because you're saying, I, God, I don't get you. I don't Mm. get 
get my singleness. I don't understand why I'm still here. I'm reading these marriage and parenting books. I'd be a great <laughs> wife and parent. Like, um, and so, but I love you, God, first. And so you are inspiring me. So thank you. Mm. Okay. So a couple questions we're going to look at, um, and then we'll send you all off on our, the big wheel <laughs> <laughs> or the wheel of fortune. Or right. I don't know. They're Which all is a big wheel. It's also spin. Mm. What does people cheer when they do like? The wheel. They, they clap, I think. They clap. The, the yeah, whole yeah. time. They, Why are they clapping? It's spinning. To, right. I don't know. It's kind of like know. saying yay or clapping after you take a picture or someone blows out a candle <laughs> at a birthday cake. You're like, it was a breath. I mean, mm-hmm. anyway. If it was yay. 95 candles, that would be one thing. And right. if they're one, that's hard. <laughs> that's like a baby, true. true. Like, they just spit. That's a lot of like uh, hand-eye coordination, mouth coordination. Yeah, it is. And it then is. we just get so used to it that we're still doing it when they're 50. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Okay, so what makes Jesus so compelling to you? What is a character quality? So they talked a lot about humility, um, but what is a quality that really is right now resonating with you? What stood out to me in the chapter was humility and self-sacrifice, yeah. you know, but... Um, the first thing that came to my mind was authority. Like uh. um, it says in the gospels, you know, that the people were amazed at the authority with which yes. he spoke. And they were like, who is this guy? Where'd he yep. come from? Yep. But then also compassion. You know, he mm-hmm. looked on people just, you know, the lowest of the low with yep. nothing but compassion. Mm-hmm. I'd say that too. Um, a favorite quote of mine of Tim Keller's is truth in power without tears is not the gospel. Mm. And so if we just do the truth and power, so I love how you said that juxtaposed, mm. uh, without tears is not the gospel. So when Jesus was like, he's, he was about to raise Lazarus, and yet he's like weeps and, it, and, and gnashes his teeth, he gets angry. And so I love that too, that guttural feeling with us-ness about Jesus. Mm. Yeah, and I, I think, so one of my favorite stories is, is the prodigal son. And every mm. time I think of, of God and or Jesus, I... I often think of the prodigal son because so much of my mindset is to that is that of the younger brother. I will go back and I will be a servant. Um, and there was actually a book that I was reading alongside the Francis Chan one um, by Bill Johnson, Bethel Church pastor. And one of the things that he said is so often we as Christians can get stuck with this mindset that we are a servant of Christ. And yes, that is what we are, but he also calls us to be more than that. He calls us to be a friend, but then he also calls us to be a brother. Mm. And and so it's like you you have these different levels of relationship. So Christ doesn't only want us to serve him well. He he wants to adopt us into, you know, you want to start change the world, don't start a ministry, start a family. Like mm. that is what he's doing. Mm. He wants us to be family. He wants us to be his his younger siblings. And so good. that that family aspect is something that I feel like is is more and more kind of reaching out to me. I think for me, the the aspect of Jesus that has been sticking out to me lately is his strength. I like my greatest insecurity is that I'm too much for people. And so like that Jesus is strong enough for my strong personality. Like Jesus is strong enough for my anger at mm-hmm. times. Like Jesus is strong enough and like trustworthy. Mm-hmm. And that is the aspect like I, I found that I can willingly submit myself to a good leader. And I actually enjoy that like second in command role mm-hmm. when it's a good leader. Yeah. I butt heads when when they, there's pride starts getting in there mm-hmm. or like I think I can do it better. And like, no, Jesus is the best leader. Yeah. Love that. All right. Last one is is going to be a twofer similar to Goofball Island. But where where do you need to 
grow. Like when you consider all the attributes of Jesus, who's perfect, but when you're like, man, I'm working in this area and we kind of all touched on them a little bit over this episode. Um, and then how maybe even in that weakness or, or where are you encouraging your marriage, your family unit, Matt, that you're talking about, um, your church to grow as well. So where do you see it in yourself? And like, how are you encouraging um, those around you to grow into Christ-likeness? Mm-hmm. And I, I think that one's actually really easy for me because it's been um, the word of the year that God gave me encourage. Um, and I think the the big thing that, that you had mentioned earlier, Joey, is that the the eternal perspective mm. is is something that's needed. And and so if I'm sitting here living in the moment, I can be very fearful. But if I, if I can constantly go back to this eternal perspective, just like, you know, Francis said in chapter one, like don't prepare for the last 10 years of life here on earth, but the first 10,000 in eternity, like if I can keep my focus on that eternal perspective, it, it makes it a lot easier to, to not only endure the the trials that that we go through but then also have a joy that we can hold on to and it makes you more resilient mm-hmm. and and less likely to just be swayed by by what's going on at least that's what it does for me mm-hmm. so uh okay so there's so many <laughs> um God's been talking to me a lot this year about empathy, so that compassion that I was talking about and I am experiencing some growth there. I'm I'm hopeful and grateful that I've been able to experience that a little bit. Um, Then there's also confidence in him. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, Jesus just always was aware of the presence of the father. Mm -hmm. You know, he was like, I don't do anything. I don't go anywhere. I don't say anything unless, you know, the father is leading that. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's a big one right now. Just like I'm just becoming aware of so much. I live like there's no God. You know, that's where that fear, that anxiety, all that stuff comes from. And I'm like, it's all up to me. So it's like, no, stop (laughs) behaving like there isn't a God, like you don't have the Holy Spirit, you know, Mm -hmm. and Francis Chan is really reinforcing that as well, big time. So anyway, so that's, that's where I'm at right now. Just, um, I guess just that more of an awareness of the father and where he's leading me and telling me to say and things like that. Is that like that weakness is that bleeding or I guess shining into your relationships like so into your marriage like are you seeing where you're working um I guess like just how how are you encouraging your family unit or your marriage to grow yeah I mean I think that that neediness Mm -hmm. comes from uh it's up to me and I don't know and I have to like whatever and even like the experiencing this is like a theme here because mm-hmm. like yeah. seeing my kid's heart, I can't do that without mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit no. uh, illuminating that, you know? Um, so yeah, it's, it's just kind of like I'm seeing it uh, play out in those relationships. Uh, but then also as I interact with other friends and this discipleship word for this year, mm-hmm. I'm bringing that, Hey, let's remember that the Lord, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. um, and he's here, he's in us. Let's look to him and and not just kind of scramble and, you know, all that. So on that, I can jump to that. What um, is coming to mind is a conversation I had with Carolyn, who was here before my mentor and counselor. She she said, Lori, your pace is just crazy. She's like, think about Jesus. He starts his ministry at age 30. He knows probably ish, at least like I've got three years to get this done. She goes, what does he do? 
He just starts walking. Mm-hmm. He starts walking and goes one to one to one. He's just like, he could have made a cell phone. He could have created the internet, like done all the things. And he doesn't. He starts with people. And so that unhurriedness of Jesus, I just really love. Um, and so how that factors into me is I can be such a perfectionist and I am usually the perfection, like about myself. And that can for sure bleed around me, Matt, you're shaking your head. Like for sure. I, I expect high things of those closest around me, but of myself the most. And so if Jesus was unhurried and he was perfect, how can I essentially like pull the claws out of myself and just be like, Lori, this is where you're at. You're in a broken state. Yep. <laughs> Matt called you a porcupine. <laughs> And that's okay. Like for right now, yeah, I'm working on it, but I'm not going to hate myself until I'm perfect. Mm -hmm. I am choosing to be like, yep, this is where I am. And I think that we exacerbate the problem a hundredfold when we add shame and self-hatred onto areas where we're working. And so I'm leaning into, and I'm not even doing this leaning into imperfection perfectly. I'm like, this is where I'm at right now. Jesus, I want to be like you. And um, I'm, I'm trying to like soften the, the chokehold on my own neck. Hmm. I have written on my mirror right now, love all versions of yourself. Because I just like look back at past Joey and I'm so hard at her, current Joey. And it's like, no, like I like you have to embrace like this is your journey. And this mm-hmm. is like your faith, faith journey. Yeah. Um, that just reminded me of that. That was like a bonus thing. Love it. Um. <laughs> I think the thing that uh, the attribute that I'm really learning about Jesus is that he didn't have his life separated like into this sacred area and the the regular life. And Francis doesn't talk about that in his book about having this sacred area and coming from being in ministry and church world for so long and transitioning now to 40 hours a week living in not like a ministry um, has just been like me going, okay, like how do I bring the light? Like how, how am I going? I mean, my closest friends now for the first time in my life don't have the same faith as me. Mm. And so what does that look like? What does it look like for me to bring the light without being a Bible thumper and just kind of like navigating what rest looks like now and, and just trying to copy his patterns and, I want my life to be everything to matter for eternity, not mm-hmm. just like these portions dedicated from ministry or church world. Mm-hmm. Love that. Cause that's exactly saying where you're working on yourself. And then also you're directly applying it immediately into mm-hmm. the marketplace. Um, so thank you so much. I'm going to say our question of the week has nothing to do with anything we talked about today. Uh, but it is what childhood film traumatized you? <laughs> you know, you got one. Ooh, so we yeah. want to hear them. <laughs> uh, we watched Homeward Bound with like, our niece and nephew this week and our three-year-old. Whoops. She watched the last 45 minutes. She was on my lap freaking out. <laughs> it was she was sad. worried about Shadow. Shadow, my boy. <laughs> Peter. So, oh, Peter. So Peter. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's the other way around. He's not yeah. the boy. Anyway. Okay, so <laughs> what traumatized you? Um, and we'll just chat about it. So thank you so much for listening. Um, we'd love to to if you guys like what you hear, leave us a review on iTunes so more people can find us, share us. I don't know, let us know. I we still love hearing from you. If you have thoughts on this, uh, what we shared today single, married, whatever. Um, we really, I'm really interested in how um, this is affecting you and your circles and how really the gospel is good news for you every day. So thanks so much for listening to the Hole in My Heart podcast for all of us here. We'll see you next week. 
Thanks for listening to the Hole in My Heart podcast. The gospel is good news for everybody every day. Explore HIMHministries.com for all that Matt and Lori Krieg have to offer, including previous episodes. You can also find us, and we hope you'll subscribe in Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and TuneIn. And if you'd like to answer our question of the week, or if you have any questions or suggestions, email us at podcast at HIMHministries.com. Oh,